I think it will be a largely review review heavy show, to be honest. Although I think I think there's some interesting things to talk about with regards to news. Yeah, there's some bits um, and pieces, aren't there? <laughs> um, I had a quick scan around earlier, so got some good. Thoughts. I'm particularly particularly interested in the talking point this week. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it came to me while I was sitting watching one of the <laughs> things I'm going to review. Actually, so I just thought it might be uh, an interesting thing to to just talk about. We've not talked about anything like yeah, that before, so- have we? So. Let's get started. Let's go. Welcome to Stage Doorcast, episode 22. We're recording this on the 26th of February, 2020, in the afternoon. Richard, hello. Hi there. Two little ducks, 22. I'm oh, losing, yeah, I'm losing track of the numbers now, so I'm just doing. I'm starting a new <laughs> little sheet of notes every time we finish, so I can just keep up. Number 22. Wow. <laughs> there are lots of. Um, there have been lots in this month of palindromic uh, instances of dates. I believe uh, I haven't really been paying a lot of attention myself but i no, think someone I, went o- yeah. 020220 or something and yeah it's all um, gone a bit know. funny hasn't it really but yeah, um yeah. Oh, oh it's it's soon be christmas though that's all yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah the nights will be drawing in well it's nice to go to work in the light and come home in the light right now actually i just realized that this morning that i had sort of stepped out the door and it was light and uh, that was really nice after the uh, except the that isn't going to last for much longer is it because the the clocks um the clock, oh, spring forwards yes, uh, in a few weeks do. i they think do, yeah. it's two weeks time isn't it or three weeks time yeah the end and, of March, and then and then it'll be dark in the mornings again for a bit well, yeah, but not for long. You've got to be on the look on no, the positive no, side. Look on the positive side. All good. Yeah, you will be able to get to the theatre in the evenings in the West End, and it will still be daylight. <laughs> that won't now. That won't seem right at all, will it? Really? That will seem no, like you're no. coming going to a matinee, but and that wouldn't be right at all. I don't, I don't think. But anyway, anyway, we, we've got a pretty packed show yeah, today. Yeah, um, we must we've get got on. Lots of reviews, lots mm. and lots of reviews. But should we start with a bit of news? Um, I thought we'd start with this bit of news because we talked about this uh, company only, I think, on the last podcast, Troubadour White City Theatre uh, is yeah. closing down permanently. Yeah, very um, sad. It is sad. Although, funnily enough, I, I remember us talking about the kind of setup there and, and saying that, you know, they hadn't had a show in there since their initial show. And, no. Uh, it, it does seem that they've... Um, I, I did a little bit of reading about this and... They obviously had a deal with the developers. There was something going on there, yeah, which meant that the developers had said to them in the autumn of last year, "Any time now, we may need you to stop." And that really seemed to have constrained them in terms of trying to program stuff. Um, and so it's it's rather sad. Although you know, I was always personally rather surprised that that was a venue they thought was worth building in the first place. Uh, yeah, it, it sounds it. like the uh, the developers stopped them from doing shows while they sorted out what they were going to do with the with the land, and um, that's what I got from it really. And uh, so they're shutting up shop. Um, I don't know if you saw this little thing. It said uh, 
Both the White City and the Wembley Park theatres are built using a reusable modular construction method, which means they can be taken down and rebuilt in 12 weeks. And Troubadour announced that it's currently searching for a new site for the theatre and would announce further plans soon. So, yeah, interesting. So there may be hope. I I mean, certainly, you know, there have been there have been good examples on the South Bank of pop up theatres, I would call it. There used to be a fairly regular one at Christmas time that went up on one of the car parks very close to where I used to work at uh, ITV. Well, there was um, one... That, and used to be yeah, there, there for... there was one I went to see. A, there was a David Bowie musical called Lazarus in it, and I think it was at King's Cross or somewhere like that. There was a funny mm. sort of uh, pop-up thing, um, and, and that came and went. And so Troubadour might be doing the same thing. But they did, they did highlight that uh, none of this will affect what's going on at Wembley Park. So... You know, we can only hope that that's uh, that's still there. And I have to correct a mistake from last time. I did put it on the on the on the uh, Facebook page, but I said that there was going to be a musical of um, uh, what did I say? The Secret of My Success going into Wembley Park. And of yes, course, it's did, not. Yeah. It's Sleepless in Seattle. It's Sleepless in Seattle, and uh, that is another I think bit it's of called news. Sleepless, that, isn't it? It's called Sleepless. Yeah, and that's another bit of our news actually, which we might as well do now as we're talking about it. It's been um, it, well, it's not been recast, but the cast has. Been announced as Jay McGuinness and Kimberly Walsh, and uh, they of course starred together earlier, uh, or later last year, in in Big the musical, and they're now reuniting to star as Sam and Annie, and in Sleepless the musical now. And it starts on the 24th of March with official opening night on the 1st of April and is currently booking until the 3rd of May. Now, this was one where, do you remember there were there were three previews before Christmas and we, we thought it was a little bit odd that they were doing that. Um, but these are different people. Um, I know that the man in the previews was Michael Xavier. I can't remember who the, who the actress was. But um, they've obviously weren't going to be in the actual show. They were just in it for the previews. So I don't know if that means it's been reworked or... As a result of the previews, be interesting to see, I guess. So, yes, yeah. it's an interesting approach, isn't it? It's almost as if they've sort of deliberately decided that that it's not finished yet. And therefore well, they yeah, will... sounds like yeah. it. And uh, maybe maybe they took a sort of um, audience sort of uh, review at the end of it. Maybe they sort of gave them, you know, the audience some suggestion papers or something to write on and uh, have worked on it but it sounds very unlike a musical to me it's you know but uh, there you go let's see what happens it starts uh, yeah. starts very soon so um and it's a big place to fill see how it goes the only th- final thing i'd say just to sort of um square off this uh this wembley park or sort of well, not wembley park the troubadour thing mm. is of course the two guys behind this um Troubadour Theatre are the two guys who brought the railway children to King's Cross with the big steam engine and everything. So they're well used to doing this sort of thing. The only thing, I suppose, at the back of my mind, which I think is a bit of a shame, is that that the fact that this has been sort of built and, if you like, in the eyes of the general public, failed so spectacularly quickly, Mm. I don't think that really helps theatre generally. It kind of sends a message that, you know, things aren't as well organised as they might be. And, well, you know, and I, I hope it doesn't do that, but no. I, I just think oh, I mean, the optics re- are not it brilliant. It really only had one thing in it in there, didn't it, that we that we mm. sort of uh, looked at, and, and that was it, really. So uh, we can only just see what happens with it, can't we, really? Absolutely. And hope, yeah. hope that Wembley Park keeps going and, uh, and you know, it's a, it's a bit more of a success. So let's see where we go with that. 
So let's leave that bit of news behind us and come on to reviews from you, Richard, because I know you've seen an awful lot in the last well, week or so. Well, yeah, because we're a few days later recording, I've, I've actually got quite a few things. I won't take very long over any of them, and I'm going to leave one uh, specific one till the end because it links into uh, a little talking point that we've got uh, lined up, and it might be a good way of sort of, of, of linking into that. So um, if you want me to do them all, do you want me to do them all? Yeah, why not? Let's let's go all the way through them and then. Okay. Well, we'll start off then with with be more chill at the other palace. Now, I did mention this uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's um, been a very big hit in America, and is uh, quite a cult uh, musical already over here. If the audience that uh, was in the other palace when I was there is anything to go by. Um, very, very young audience, which is great to see at, uh, at the theatre. Um, and obviously, uh, quite a news show. Um, it's, uh, it's, when I tell you the, the plot, it sounds a bit like other things. You know, it's a, it's a story of an awkward teenager called Jeremy who, 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 who's so awkward that he longs to be a bit cooler, a, a bit of a bigger hit with the girls and a bit more popular with the boys. He he gets bullied at school, you know, a bit Evan Hansen there maybe. Um, mm. Now, he achieves, uh, he finds a way out of this by buying a pill uh, which contains a computer chip which, when activated, <laughs> brings him a virtual guardian angel called the Squip. Um only he can interact with this with this character, and he appears when Jeremy needs help to make the right decisions uh, to to help him make his dreams come true. But as uh, in a lot of these tales, the squip isn't everything he turns out to be, and not all his intentions are good. Um, and that's basically at one really. Uh, it's um, it's a strange story. Um, it's a little bit sort of nutty professor because he does suddenly become a bit more suave and sophisticated and and becomes a bit more of a hit with the girls no one else can see the squip apart from other kids who have taken um the pill who have got their own squip to help them out. and it, it all gets a bit mad in act two um and i'm not going to tell you anymore because it, it that will give away you know the end of the story it's uh it's a really fun, uh, entertaining show, uh, aimed and performed by a very young cast. Um, it's quite tuneful. It's a clever idea. It's a morality tale, like Dear Evan Hansen and a lot of these shows that are aimed at, uh, at young people. It's it's about drugs, about popularity, about peer pressure when you're young and it's a poppy sort of tuneful score and and an energetic young cast and i i don't say that just because i like i i know the neat the lead man um scott a friend of mine um he did so well he's it's a great role and he handles it really well it's his first sort of west end role um the rest of the cast are equally good and enthusiastic and the audience absolutely loved it i saw a preview um which were all sold out it started now it's um it, and it's just extended, I, I believe. I, I saw that it's just oh. extended until the end of June. So there's quite uh, a few weeks now to go and see it, and it will become the longest-running musical at the other palace. So good for it. It must be selling okay. Um, it's a good, fun, energetic new show, um, but it ain't Oklahoma, you know. It's it's right. new in style, and it's it's new in, in musical style, and it's... Uh, 
down with the kids. But that's good. It's something that I didn't think I was going to enjoy, and, and I ended up really enjoying it. So that's good. Can't say more than that. No, that's very good. And, and I mean, you know, even if you are a very traditional theatre goer, you can probably go to something and find something in it that you perhaps didn't think you were going to. And, you know, if it's if it makes you think about it. Well, Absolutely. It, it was one of them. And I, 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 I'm, I've made a, a sort of a New Year's resolution that I'm not going to say anymore, this isn't a show that was meant for me because... <laughs> I was saying it a lot last year in, in my yes. reviews yeah. and uh, I'm not going to say it anymore. <laughs> if I don't enjoy it, I'm going to say I, I, don't, I didn't personally enjoy it. But I did enjoy this one, although, you know, it was aimed at a, a, a younger audience. So um, get oh, along well, and see it if you want to see something. Yeah, if you want to see something different, something new, get along and see Be More Chill. Um, Next Very one, good. I'm not really, I'm not really going to review. It's uh, come from away, and you already reviewed. Oh, that. Oh well, of course, um, yes. Yeah. You reviewed that quite a few weeks ago now, didn't you, at the Phoenix? But you saw it in the USA. I saw it here in yeah. the UK, um, and um, I loved it. I, I again, it wasn't one that I I had any feelings one way or the other about, and um, I hadn't heard really any of the music, and I ended up loving it um really good and I, I put a little review on facebook and people were coming back to me saying you know i haven't heard of, of anybody who doesn't like this show and of course then one person came along and said they did our friend <laughs> irving who i don't know who he listens to this but uh, he came along and said he didn't like it very much but with the exception of Irving, I haven't heard anybody else say that they didn't like no. this show. Um, it's so clever. It's not, you know, I didn't think it was musically the best show ever written, but it tells the story, the music, and the music is of the place and of the time. And I just think that, apart from that, the, the, the storytelling is so good, and the swapping amongst the staff between uh, the, the cast, rather, between the different characters is really good. I mean, they all play what two or three characters each, don't they? Um, yeah. Across the across the evening, it's the perfect length, an hour and a half, really, hour and thirty-five with no interval, and um, yeah, very engaging, and I loved it, and, and you know. <laughs> Seeing as it's dealing with a really tragic event of nine eleven, it wasn't um, too sentimental or too sad. It didn't focus on those uh, bits of the story. It focused on what the reaction to all of that was from the uh, the people of the small town where all the aircraft were diverted and the people on the aircraft. Um, and so I, I, I was quite pleased about that because I, I didn't know how the story was going to go but the the interactions between the cast were just excellent i loved it and i agree with you it was fantastic yeah i i thought what was interesting about it is having sort of um read a little bit about the writers is the way they approached it in the first place by doing a lot of interviews going to the place actually talking to people and yeah. then constructing something that was genuinely representative of what what had actually happened so much so that quite a lot of the names used in it are the real people yeah um, so i so i gather i mean the, the the problem with seeing that something's about 9-11 is that you can you can get the impression and i think i did have this so this is probably why i haven't seen it earlier that it was gonna be a bit sort of morose morose you know a bit sad a yeah. bit upsetting and all of that and it wasn't any of those things if anything it wasn't upsetting it was a a tale about what 
a community can do and what people can do when they come together to a common goal, which uh, absolutely is a very clever thing to get out of a show about 9-11, isn't it, really? So, yeah. Yeah. So get and see it if you can. It uh, It is really good. Um, so that was my thoughts on Come From Away. Well, next, I want to go to Cabaret, uh, just quickly. Um, it's a touring production. Um, it's it's essentially the same production that was in London with Will Young a, a few years ago. Um, I saw it at the new Wimbledon Theatre, and I have to say, I, I mean, I really like Cabaret. I've seen it many, many times, and I, I think that's part of the problem, really. I, 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 I wasn't really, uh, I didn't really enjoy it very much. It was really not very much to do with the, the show. I think I've just seen it too many times, and I saw that production with Will Young and I think somebody else playing the MC. I, I think I saw that a couple of times uh, when it was in London. So it may just have been that I wasn't very keen on uh, a couple of things in the production um it just didn't it just didn't uh, get get me like cabaret often does um what was really good was uh the cast generally it was great to see anita harris she was playing uh, frau schneider um i've never seen her live on stage and um very good she was as well uh, the band were excellent. Most of the performances were fine. I wasn't, I wasn't keen on the performances uh, from John Partridge as the MC. Um, I don't know what it was. I I had trouble understanding what his his dialogue and what he was saying in the songs. It seemed to me a very a sort of over the top. Um, uh, interpretation of the MC, and I know it's a strange part, and I know you've got to uh, try and do something different with it. But and this has happened before with Cabaret. It's just that character just didn't work for me this time. Yeah. Um, you know, the audience around me seemed to seem to really like it, but for me, just didn't work. Similarly with uh, with Sally Bowles, uh, the characterization of that, I didn't, I didn't. Um, I, and again, I know they were trying to do something different with it. It was a very matter-of-fact sort of um, interpretation. The songs were brilliant, but um, I wasn't uh, very keen on that. And, and when you've got when when you're not very keen on the Sally Bowles interpretation or the MC, you know that's cabaret, basically, isn't it? And uh, yeah. I didn't not enjoy it. It just wasn't um, for me as fulfilling as some other cabarets I've seen. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I can remember many, many years ago being directed into something I really disagreed with on a, in a stage production mm. uh, because I didn't feel comfortable doing it. And I wonder, do you feel John Partridge was had had chosen this as his, his route to the part or do you think he perhaps was directed into it? I think it was a co- combination. No, it's difficult, it's difficult to judge, yeah, really. I, I think it was probably a combination of the two things. I think there's, when you do cabaret, I think either professionally or, or as amateurs, there's a there's an expectation that you're going to do something, you know, different with that part. It's a very difficult and key part of the show. Um, and I, I guess as an actor, you're trying to do something with it, no matter how you're directed, aren't you? I, you know, and uh, yeah. I, it might have been a combination of those two things. But when I've seen it, in, when I've seen that particular production uh, with Will Young, he did it in a very straightforward sort of way, and I, I quite liked that. Um, I, I just found the interpretation of that just a little bit too 
uh, weird, really. It was a bit of a strange interpretation for me. But, you know, I enjoyed, I always enjoyed Cabaret. I enjoyed a lot about it. It was just those two things sort of troubled me a bit. And it troubled me that I didn't like them because, as I say, I've seen Cabaret quite a lot of times and you'd have, th- you'd have thought I'd have wanted to see something different from those two two, yes. <laughs> two characters. But um, And it's a, known, it's a known quantity to you, so you yeah. can understand why, why you're slightly... Um... You feel yeah. thwarted. Yeah. Um, the audience loved it. You know, it was quite full uh, for a touring production and uh, it's off on its merry way somewhere else now. So I'm sure it's doing it's doing good business. Production values were very good. Um, it was just the uh, just that that I didn't quite get. Mm. So that's that. And oh, so wow. finally, um, the Pirate Queen. Now, uh, The Pirate Queen, for those that don't know, is uh, a musical by Bublil and Schoenberg, obviously, uh, Les Mis composers, um, with help on the book by John Maltby of Maltby and Shire. Um, And it was performed in America and was a little bit of a flop there. Uh, I'm not sure on the year. It was a few years ago now. Um, It didn't last very long, a couple of months, I think. And... um, there was a, a one-off charity concert performance just the other night, actually, at uh, the London Coliseum, home of the ENO. And it was one of these things that I love. It was uh, uh, an orchestra on the stage, you know, and you get to, to, to see and hear the show without seeing and hearing all of the show. You get to hear the dialogue, you get to hear the songs, but you don't get to see very much, much action. Um, and this was the Pirate Queen. And... It's a bit of an epic as a show, and what bothered me most about it was the, was the was the story because um, I didn't know anything about this character. It might just be me. I might, I'm just not maybe a, enough of a historian, but it's based on the life of um, a 16th century Irish chieftain and pirate Grace O'Malley, um, who was one of the last Irish clan leaders to fight against the English conquest of Ireland. Now. I'd never heard of Grace O'Malley. Have you heard of Grace O'Malley, Cliff? I don't know. I've heard of Thomas O'Malley. Well, there you go. <laughs> but I'd never heard of Grace O'Malley. And No, um, no, not at all. Well, you know, remarkably, the story uh, appears to be true, all of it, pretty much, mm. including um, her sailing up the Thames in her ship, the Pirate Queen, to have a meeting with Queen Elizabeth I and persuading Elizabeth I to release prisoners and banish her own representative in Ireland. It just seemed like an impossible thing to believe. And I kept saying, well, this couldn't have happened. You know, they're taking liberties here. But when I got home and Googled it, um, it's all true. Every every bit of it. Um, well, most most bits of it. But that, that wasn't really the point I was trying to make. The point was that, you know, it was a story that was was baffling to me because I didn't know anything about it. And the, the question then was, well, why make a big epic musical about it? I mean, it wasn't a bad story. It just no. uh, didn't resonate with me at all. And the more I watched it, the more incredulous I got that any of this could be true because, you know, Queen Elizabeth I, I do know a bit about her and... Uh, uh, trying to persuade her to do anything seemed uh, almost impossible. She was a formidable woman, I understand. And yet this woman sailed up the Thames and met her and she was releasing prisoners and all of this. Um, but it turned out to be a true story. Um, Performance-wise, it was excellent. They had uh, a really good cast. Um, and uh, it was sung beautifully. Uh, Earl Carpenter, uh, Daniel Boys. um 
you know, it, it was really good quality, uh, good quality cast, great orchestra, and they used the uh, used new orchestrations, um, which were overseen by Schomburg. Um, Alan Bublil was sitting two rows behind me. Um, he seemed to enjoy it. Um, oh, you should have t- you should have told him about the podcast. Maybe you can get him on. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have liked what I was going to say about his show. That was what? the problem. <laughs> no, incidentally, I just had a quick look. It was 2007 at first. Uh, was it? Opened, okay. Well, it's, it's, and then fairly quickly closed. Well, yeah, and uh, it's been it's, it's been nowhere since then. I think there was. I think I read there was an amateur production of it in the UK, and that's been about it. So it was a really good chance to see it, and I'm really glad I saw it. As you would expect with those composers, some really great individual songs, um, a couple of really good uh, duets, uh, some some soaring lyrics, but the, a lot of the music was fairly forgettable. It was done in a very folksy way, a very sort of Irish folk music kind of way. There was even some um, Irish dancing involved, um, you know, a little bit. Uh, what was that show that was was on a few years ago? River dance, river dance, a bit river dance, yeah. Um, and it was very nicely told. And it may have been because it was a concert perf- performance, but we couldn't see sometimes what what was supposed to have happened. You know, they suddenly announced that Grace had saved saved this ship and saved this and done that. And we hadn't seen any of that. It, it was obviously in the action. But we didn't see any of that because it was a concert, um, so that was a little bit distracting. But the ma- the main problem was, um, unless you were particularly interested or knew this story, the, the big question when you came out was sort of was why really? Um, mm. It's it's obviously a very big show, you know. It it uh, was uh, it was quite long. Um, and obviously, with the action, it's it's longer, so it's up there in length with things like Les Miserables and and stuff like that, and, and Martin Guerre and Miss Saigon. Um, and but for me, it just didn't do it. it. It had some lovely moments and was really well performed. I just don't know if it would be successful if it was going to be staged as a West End show. And no one's suggesting it's going to be at the moment, but um, yeah, I can't really see why they thought it was a good thing to maybe maybe being french you know writers they think the english will know about this this moment in well, irish I was history going to say, <laughs> i was going to say and one of the real black spots in english education i think is is ireland mm. uh, in fact it's been mentioned quite a lot recently in the news and the fact that that we as a, a nation and not just talking about england probably uh, well probably actually is mostly england isn't it because it's the celtic thing that the english particularly haven't got as much um idea about Ireland which is after all you know a, a really close neighbour and part of it is part of Great Britain as well yeah as we really ought to have and and so maybe a lack of appreciation of our own history isn't going to help this a lot uh, no so at, at the back of my mind sorry at the back of my mind I was just thinking of six mm. um, which has done really good business because everyone knows about Henry VIII's wives yeah they don't necessarily know very much about them no but you've got enough of the hook yeah to make make the musical work without having to really have any great knowledge. Well, this is why I had to sort of research it when I got home, because obviously I just felt, well, if if Grace O'Malley is not a real character, they've got Elizabeth I in there, and I knew that her aide... Uh, I can't remember his name now, but I knew he was a real person of that time. And I thought, well, yeah. they wouldn't mix it like that. They wouldn't have a, a made-up character, you know, in a historical 
tale like that if there wasn't some some bits of truth in there um but i had no knowledge of this tale at all and as i say i'm not a historian and maybe it's just me but uh, um there's a reason why the show hasn't been done since 2007 isn't there i guess um so yeah it was a it was a really nice experience seeing it and seeing it like that but i don't i doubt if it would uh, it would uh, be successful if it was going to be made into a full scale epic of a show um but but even so well worth seeing even so well worth seeing yeah very well worth seeing that's why i love these concert versions you can see them and you can sort of pick them apart and think well why haven't why hasn't it been successful or why has it been successful you know it's a good way of seeing them like that and i think it does lead us on to our talking point shall we do shall we get on to that now yeah absolutely which which is and this came to me while i was sitting watching the pirate queen um the epic that it is um, and the, the, the question is, is the era of the epic musical over for at least for a while? Um, and sitting watching The Pirate Queen, I, I sort of thought, well, maybe it is. You know, I, I guess it depends how you define epic, though, doesn't it? I, whether you mean just uh, in terms of uh, being long lived on the stage like Les Mis or Phantom or whether it's big in scale, you know, employing a huge orchestra and lots of people and lots of costumes and lots of sets. Or or is there a different definition of epic? Is that more opera-like? For me, I think epic means um, things like Les Mis and Phantom that have been around for an yeah. awfully long time and don't seem to be in any rush to go away <laughs> and have, you know, uh, productions all over the world. What do you think, Cliff? Well, I I, th- I think you're right, and I think for me, an epic show is something which is sort of rooted, although it's root, often obviously is set in a very specific time. Um, it kind of is slightly timeless in terms of its impact on the audience. I, mm. I know that sounds slightly contradictory. I think I know what I mean by that. Is mm. that you know it doesn't age. No, it, you you can you put it on and it just runs. And Lemmy's is a perfect example of that because it's a show which has a very specific. Um, look and feel and and you know even with the the reworking recent reworking it's much the same um in essence and um and yet and you would think because of the subject matter it it would age and eventually people would get fed up with it but they just don't no um so, and of course yeah, it was, i know exactly what you mean of course it was hated when it first came out as well les miserable well, wasn't it and here we are yeah, 35 I mean, that, years later <laughs> That often is the case, isn't yeah. it? And and there are also examples of um, uh, sort of shows that I would have put in that category which have not succeeded or have done much less well. I mean, um, I guess things like Les Mis and Phantom, because they've now got um, so many productions all over the place, they, they sort of become self-perpetuating as well, don't they? They become self-financing, I guess. None, neither of those two are losing are going to lose any money in Ari. Um, and I guess doing that, just doing that now at the moment uh, is very difficult to achieve, isn't it, with a new show or with a, uh, with a revival of a show? I can't think of a yeah, revival I mean, that's... I, I, that's done that you know when when phantom started at her majesty's in 19 uh, i can't even remember when it was now it's, it's the mid 80s probably mm. 86 something like that yeah um i was working at her majesty's on a weekly basis doing a tv show yeah in the 80s and i can remember us talking to the guys at her majesty's that the, the state the staff there and hearing about this new show that was coming in and and actually there being a palpable disbelief a show about what yeah you know, you, you just couldn't conceive at the time that that subject matter would be 
um, as popular as it was. No, I mean, of course, you know, Bublin Schoenberg also had Miss Saigon, which has sort of a sort of achieved greatness, hasn't it? I mean, it's had two quite long runs in the West End now, and it's it's seen been seen all over the world, but not to the same extent as Les Mis, and not no. to the same extent as Phantom. Um, there are other, yeah. and, there and are other Andrew one. Lloyd Webber's had a number of things, hasn't he? That, yeah. that have. Yeah, done well, but perhaps not quite been as. as I mean, their other huge. one, Martin Guerre, which I saw two versions of. They tried twice with that, and I, I, I'm thinking they're, they're going to try another one. Um, and both were pretty good, but it, and again, were both big shows, you know, with big casts and everything. Um, that didn't really do any business at all. So, uh, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think the days of the long run. Uh, for now, anyway, uh, are sort of done with at the moment. I, I think it's yeah. going to be left to those two to just roll on and, mm. and just keep going. Um, I can't see anything else doing doing that. Um, and I, I think it's probably a cost thing. I think to get something on and to keep it going like that is uh, is not achievable right now in theatre. With the exception of the subsidised theatre, the sort of you know things like the National Theatre and the RSC maybe, where often these big shows do start their careers, uh, start their lives. Um, they do still do experimental stuff, and it, it's still sometimes you get the odd thing that comes out of there that is amazing. Yeah. Um, but even something, I would think even, you know, Follies at the NT, it's had two very successful runs, but they were both relatively short. They yeah. weren't. And okay, we would argue. I would argue, and I'm sure you'd agree that Sondheim is a specific and rather particular taste. Yeah. And you know, if if a Sondheim runs much more than a year, it's doing extremely well, generally speaking. But you know, um, Les Mis now in London, you can't get a ticket. Basically, yeah. Uh, you know, no. you you still cannot get a ticket if you want to just go. Uh, it's <laughs> it's extraordinary, and. Um, let us know what you think if you if you have thoughts out there, dear listeners, about um, epics. Um, are we due for another one? And what will it be? What will the style be? Um, Indeed, I mean, you know, it's, there are so many potential subjects, aren't there? But what will they be? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I suppose it's got to be something that would just click. And I suppose something like um, Book of Mormon's been going for a while now in London, hasn't it? And around the world. I suppose that's been going for a while. But you don't really hear of that very much, do you? Uh, but it's no. still not It's still not 35 years, is it? Mamma Mia, I guess, has been around for a while now. But it's still... Yeah, not- I, think, I think Mamma Mia is, is sort of... Um- really a jukebox musical isn't it in many respects mm. in that it's it's the music that's been used to, to sort of um bookend the, the book and mm. um as we were talking about last time actually um when i was we were talking about buddy um i i think you know i personally would defend both of those shows particularly mamma mia but also buddy i'd say you know they are fulfilling a very clearly needed function which is they're pulling in a lot of people into the theater mm. and they're very very successful but could um, you leave it you on shouldn't... could you leave it on in the same theater pretty much and and, and see it lasting 30 years either of those i don't, well, I don't know mamma mia has been going for quite a long time yeah hasn't it but i know what you mean watching watching the pirate queen I, I was just sitting there thinking wow this if anybody wanted to take this on and put it on stage it wouldn't last very long i mean i don't i don't think you know the, just the expense of getting it on um would be huge and um 
well, do you think the the day of the epic musical is over? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, you know what suddenly came into my mind, literally as you were saying that, was Barnum, mm. um, which is sort of uh, not quite in that mould, I would argue. But but again, it was sort of this huge show, wasn't it? It was this big thing. It had when it first came out, it had Michael Crawford in it, and it was like a really big deal, and it was hugely um, promoted, and it ran very successfully for a, a you know a decent time. Yeah. Um. And then, but but it wasn't. It's not going to be a multi generational show. It, no. it it sort of disappeared again, and it's come back, and it's had a number of iterations over the years. And as far as I know, I don't have the figures. As far every time it comes back, it does reasonably well. So mm. you know, it obviously attracts an audience, and people go to see it. But it's not. I wouldn't regard it as a sort of um, epic musical. Uh, no, um, no. What are your thoughts? What are your that. thoughts? Let us know, listeners. Let us know what yeah, you think absolutely. about epics. Oh, Let I us know, A, what you think an epic is. Have we got the definition all wrong? Does it not just rely on, on, on the amount of time it's been on? Is it something else that makes a, a show an epic? I mean, many people would say Cats, I guess, was an epic. That was around for, what, 20 years, wasn't it, on stage? Yeah, yeah. If you've got uh, views on that, please uh, contact us at our email address, uh, mail at stagedoorcast.co.uk, and, and we'd be delighted, really pleased and interested to hear what you have to think about that. That's a good talking point. Yeah. Uh, talking of epics, <laughs> Back to the Future yes. at Manchester. Ah, of course. Now, uh, I haven't got a review. It's still in previews, and it may be a bit unfair to, 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 to talk about it right now, but I saw some interesting little sort of... Uh, chat uh, pieces uh, from people about the first previews um on online do you want to do you want to hear what they said i'll go on okay yeah. i'm not going to go into great detail but they said it was uh, it was quite long it was probably too long uh that the um the effects were okay uh said one person another person said the effects were chitty chitty bang bang ish <laughs> and what they were expecting more uh, somebody else said it was very expensive for a preview, um, but it was okay. I think most people seemed to come out of it quite happy. You know, they'd seen Back to the Future, although bits of the film are not there, obviously because it's uh, because of the way it has to be staged. Um, but it seemed a bit a bit sort of mixed, really, the reaction. And somebody else who did a, a sort of video uh, review of it had put up, and I think this was a little bit unfair, really, but had put up some um, screenshots of the, uh, the the week following opening, and there are a lot of seats to be sold, I have to say. It doesn't seem yeah. to have sold an awful lot of seats in Manchester. But, uh, you know, hopefully th- those things, are, the things that were wrong will be put right and uh, it will have a marvellous opening. I think it opens next week or, some, or the week after. But those were the first sort of impressions. Uh, that People were glad to have seen it, nice to see... Uh, back to the future again, but there were there were little 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 sort of little grumbles really. Um, oh. I think people were expecting more, but what you know? Can you get up to eighty eight miles an hour on a stage in a car? And, and what can what can you do? Preview, what what can you do? <laughs> yeah. You're almost certainly when you've got a new show, it's almost certainly going to have some things wrong with it, and it's almost certainly going to. Um, need fiddling with, and yeah. that's part of the process. That's really. part of the process. So it's probably a bit unfair to 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 review it, and nobody has reviewed it yet. But uh, those were little little bits of chat that I sort of picked up on 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 Back to the Future, and they're still looking for a, a home for it in London. They are still planning for it to come to London, but they're still looking for a All home right. apparently. 
So we'll have to see what happens when it comes into the West End. Hopefully it will. Yeah. And uh, a lot more people will have a chance to um, give their views on it. Um, so we're just about finished now. Uh, we've had a good good ra- ramble through the theatrical uh, landscape today. But I just wanted to bring a bit of news, which is um, that the West End uh, suffered a bit of a dip last year in 2019. And uh, partly because, and mostly I think, because the number of theatres were... Um, in maintenance or having problems and needed to be have work done on them. You mean so the ceilings were falling down? Well, <laughs> there's that as well, yeah. Um, but I think it, it, it's it's been a less good year last year. They, the figures have just been released fairly recently. It's been a less good year for the West End than they rather hoped, maybe. Is that ticket sales? Um, or, yeah, I yeah. think generally right. just things not quite as good as they might be and okay. and it, it's mainly yeah, it's due to dark theaters and renovations here this right. um and it said um significant dark periods and major renovations meant west end theater saw a dip in attendances in 2019 with musicals suffering a rare drop in audiences uh the takings were up overall um uh with a rise in ticket prices with the average price now exceeding 50 pounds a seat um but of course, the Theatre Royal Drury Lane was shut mm. virtually for the whole of 2019, and is still shut at the moment. Um, uh, the, uh, the new Sondheim Theatre, of course, was closed for four months uh, while it was being converted to the Sondheim, and um, uh, the Dominion was dark for quite a number of, of uh, quite a lot of 2019 as well. And it said that the number of people going to musicals fell slightly by 1.8 percent to 9.3 million. Mm. And uh, it said the London Palladium had um, 35 weeks when there wasn't a theatre production programmed at all. Wow. So it's quite interesting because I think although the general story is generally positive, it's not like a disaster. You've got these very sort of key theatres that in most people's minds are really important, like the Palladium, like the Dominion, like um, uh, the Theatre Royal, which which simply weren't on the scene very much last year at all. Mm. Um so um, it's it's yeah, funny that I, I was at the Palladium for the Panto at the beginning of the year, and it was funny you, you say that because we were saying sort of the opposite about the Palladium. Uh, then they had, they seem to have a very uh, have reached a, a real accommodation with with how they're running the Palladium. They might have a, a show in there for you know a couple of months in the summer, then they'll have the Panto over the winter period and what they've now got is a lot more sort of sunday night at the london palladium one night things um yeah a huge load of those I, I think they're looking at a sort of rather than filling the palladium for a year with a musical or a play or something or something like that they're looking at a lot more uh you know one night big star name nights and and two big things one in the summer one in the winter um it seems maybe that that works for them now rather than, than trying to fill it for a year with a musical or something like that? I don't know. Well, well of course, the Palladium has always been a variety theatre mm. rather more than a, a musical theatre home, yeah. hasn't it? So, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, this is an interesting article. It was in the stage, and I will put a link to it in the show notes because I think it's worth a read. It's It goes into considerably more detail than, than I can here. But, right. Um, well worth looking at. Yeah, good. Anyway, that that brings us to the end of this uh, show. Um, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode twenty-two. We will return in a couple of weeks' time with episode twenty-three. What, what's your 
uh, program looking like for the next couple of weeks, Richard? Well, on Friday, uh, which is a couple of days' time, we're recording this on a Wednesday, I'm going to see the last five years at uh, Southwark Playhouse. So uh, that's good. We talked about that, I think, a couple of weeks ago. It's the new new production. Um, I'm going to see a bit of cabaret at the Crazy Cox on the 8th of uh, March. And then I'm going to see City of Angels, the new production of City of Angels. Oh. I think we might um, have done the next uh, podcast by then, but I'm not entirely sure. We'll uh, we'll see how the dates work out. But I'm really looking Excellent. forward to that. The, the little clips that have been, they've been putting little teaser clips on Twitter, uh, on their Twitter feed. And it looks like, it, it sounds like it's going to be fabulous. So, uh, really looking yeah. forward to that one so that's about it yeah. uh, for the next couple of weeks excellent anyway thanks very much for listening to us and we look forward to um, you joining us again for our next episode and uh, in the meantime from me goodbye yep and it's goodbye from me bye bye bye